0: Welcome back. I'm Todd Zwillick. It's The Takeaway. For the last month or so, we've been bringing you weekly conversations with two editors at the Center of Covering Women as the Me Too movement gained momentum across America.
1: Hi, I'm Koa Beck. I'm the new editor-in-chief of Jezebel. And I'm Jessica Bennett. I am the
0: equally new gender editor at The New York Times. Koa and Jessica have talked about how to cover the Me Too movement responsibly and journalistically. They've offered their own takes on the stories and revelations pouring out in industry after industry. And now for the new year, Koa and Jessica look ahead and share what they're looking for in 2018 in covering women and harassment and workplace culture.
1: I hope very strongly that this continues and that there are more stories and more people who want to Speak about this. Uh, What I'm also hoping for, though, is a halting on this sort of performative firing that we're seeing, too, Mm -hmm. where now the formula is going a different direction where um, outlets are hearing about reporting or long investigative features about a top man in a certain industry. And so they just fire him. And I see the optics. I don't see. A truthful caring about women because all of these reports, one of the things they all have in common is that a lot of people knew. Some of them have HR trails, not all of them, but everybody knew. And so I think once again, we're seeing a narrative in which people allegedly care about women, but really it's just about protecting their bottom line and looking like they care and fit in with a moment. And right. that that concerns me.
0: It's like, the larger problem is the system right that allowed for it right and in some of these cases there haven't even been full investigations done. no
1: no <laughs> um which also concerns me yeah on, on on some level that they just want to fire without addressing the actual problem right
0: so koa as we you know head into sort of the next stage of this news cycle do you worry that there will be a backlash at all
1: The backlash that I am concerned about is um, what I have discussed (laughs) internally with my staff as the um, Mike Pence backlash. Mm -hmm. Um, This is very, very specific to professional women who have access to certain opportunities in that I personally found the threshold between, look, all these women are being violated, to Oh, my God, we can't have holiday parties. We clearly can't mentor women Mm one-on-one. We clearly need to keep women away from opportunity, basically. And this very, you know, Mike Pence sort of rule of, like, I don't dine with anyone, you know, any woman without my wife present, that concerns me because that is just going to stifle – women's ambition. It's going to stifle women's opportunity. We're not going to see women in any of these slots where men have been fired. And I mean, you can cut that a lot of different ways. But a lot of quotes that I have seen across the New York Times and other outlets where spokespeople say this, I mean, these are men who all likely Identify as capital L liberal. I mean, these aren't conservative pockets of the country. This is Silicon Valley being like, well, I guess, you know, we can't have women in these fields anymore. And that is the backlash that concerns me, because I think the takeaway from this shouldn't be men and women can't be together.
0: A friend was telling me a story about a lawsuit in the 90s, I think it was. And it was an EEOC complaint by women in a company. It was a tech company. And part of the solution on behalf of the male-run tech company was to build a literal wall <laughs> in the office so that the women worked on one side and the men worked on the other. Sounds like Gilead in The yeah. Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> I mean, it's absurd. <laughs> so. I mean, we know already that women have less mentorship opportunities. Like what we know, if you follow this, mentorship and sponsorship is absolutely key and crucial to a woman's success at work, to anyone's Mm -hmm. success at work. Women have less of them. In part, that is because there are less senior women already. It is also because something like two-thirds of men are afraid that if they mentor a woman one-on-one, it will be perceived as inappropriate Mm -hmm. in some manner. So that's Mm -hmm. already a fear. And now we have this. So... I think we need to keep pushing back against that because, quite honestly, you're going to know if you're harassing someone. The, the line is not that fine. <laughs> Actually, I think Jezebel is where I saw this piece about how Vox had, in fact, there was no open bar allowed at their holiday party. Instead, they were offering drink tickets. And Jezebel's brilliant response was, hey, maybe you should just have no open bar for the guys.
1: Do you see how just narratives like that, I mean, they they are a hop, skip and a jump away from the, you know, don't drink on college campus to prevent rape. Right. Um, Right. This all avenues lead to that.
0: I guess what I hope for for 2018, for this year in terms of coverage of this is, you know, I think it's so important to continue to break these stories. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important that we move a bit away from the celebrities and focus on the regular women who are dealing with this every day, whether that is blue collar women, working class women, those who may not have the capacity to speak up or the ability to know who to go to in the media in order to facilitate that. So I hope that that is a focus i also hope we turn to solutions these men continue to fall like dominoes in some cases as koa was saying it seems to almost be preventative by these organizations before a full investigation is even done like it's it's optics it's it's pr more so than changing the actual systems and structures and what we know i mean what academics know is that sexual harassment trainings don't work very well Mm -hmm. so like okay what does work, and how can we start talking about that like mm-hmm. bystander intervention is one thing that has been found to be very successful and is actually sort of obvious like it, I feel like bystander intervention is basically like if you see something screwed up happening, jump in and prevent it, but we don't do it right. and so talking about that openly and figuring out ways that we can you know maybe that's one thing, but i don 't know do you know any solutions that i don't koah
1: a broader solution That I would like to see in light of this news cycle, there are a number of, you know, career books for women. Jessica wrote one of them that I have read and have valued at different points in my career. Clearly, while those have contributed to discussions on how women can excel in the workplace, we are the people who don't necessarily, as women and other marginalized genders, need more advice. Yeah, we don't need more (laughs) advice. We need lean in for men. Yep, that's that's like or perhaps lean out. Lean out. Lean out. Yes. Lean out and don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> New, York, New York Times bestseller. Amen. And so one of the things that I I can at times find frustrating about news cycles that can be dominated by certain sort of. Career bolstering books for women is that they can at times frame it as like you're not doing enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I see that in certain reporting that I have done and, and read, particularly with regard to how certain businesses are structured. But if there's one thing this news cycle has made abundantly clear, it's that women should not and cannot be held accountable for their professional success when there are literally rapists and sexual harassers in the room preventing them from exceeding beyond a certain point.
0: Koa Beck there, editor-in-chief of Jezebel and author of fiction, and also Jessica Bennett, gender editor for the New York Times and author of Feminist Fight Club. You can find all of Koa and Jessica's conversations about this Me Too movement on our website at thetakeaway.org.